the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. If someone were to ask you, why do you vote Republican? What would your answer be? Would it be, well, anything's better than whomever the Democrats are rolling out? Or would it be more more like, because I'm an alpha and you're a beta, roar! If you're a Democrat listening to the show, first I want to congratulate you. You're the one. Congratulations. I also want to extend the same question to you. Why do you vote Democrat? Is it purely because of opposition? Is it because you believe in identity politics? Or is it that you believe in socialism? There's a difference between, I think the government should be a little bigger and we should do more in, in uh, welfare and socialism. And we're seeing that now, that split. Or maybe, maybe on both sides, there are a lot of people who the tide has come in and it's rolling and you kind of feel stuck. I don't know where to go. The reason I ask is because of all of the identifiers have just attached to to both parties and they appear to be the long term agendas for each of them. The GOP is turning into an opposition party, both to the Democrats and the media, and their principles are being boiled down to loyalty to whomever they have in office or they want you to vote for. Likewise, Democrats are a party of opposition to all things GOP, and they're hurtling towards cultural division and democratic socialism. I think I can find the long-term vision for the Democrats, and that is actual democratic socialism, which has nothing to do with constitutionalism. I don't know what the long-term strategy is of the Democrat of the Republicans. What does the party stand for? On Saturday, Senator Ben Sass tweeted that he regularly considers dropping the GOP and going independent. Oh my gosh, did that anger the right? What a beta! He should support the president. Wait, he. <laughs> He, he was just saying, I, I think I should be independent because I don't know what anybody stands for. On Sunday, Senator Sass went on Jake Tapper to explain himself. Now, listen. Frankly, neither of these parties have a long-term vision for the future of the country. You know, 10 years from now, where are we going to be in the future of work when young people are disrupted out of jobs three times a decade? Future of war and cyber, the collapse of community. Like, there's massive stuff happening in America, and these parties are really pretty content to do 24 hour news cycles screaming at each other. The main thing that the Democrats are for is being anti Republican and anti Trump, and the main thing Republicans are for is being anti Democrat and anti CNN. And neither of these things are really worth getting out of bed in the morning for. I think we should be talking about where the country's going to be in 10 years. So, <laughs> I've been saying for a long time that these parties need to reform and, and have a future focused vision, and we're not there yet. Did Ben Sass just become my spirit animal? Because I think he did. In one paragraph, he mentioned job disruption from technology, the future of war and cyber war, civil unrest, and how the media is feeding off of our outrage. And he is absolutely right. We all have to take a step back and look at what we're actually talking about. Because 99% of it is nonsense 
I had a conversation with my kids last night at the dinner table. One of my kids said, because we were going over the Constitution. Yes, I'm that kind of dad. We were going over the Constitution, and I said, okay, kids, tell me how you can impeach what it means and how that works. And they talked about it. And one of my older kids said, do you really think that Donald Trump is going to be impeached? And I said, yeah, I do. If the Democrats win the House, yes, not removed from office, but impeached. (laughs) My daughter said very astutely, on what charge? Now, she's not a fan of Donald Trump, but she said, on what charge? And I said, exactly. No charge. Just because they've got to do it. They've got to do it. I think personally, it is refreshing to have somebody have the balls to actually step up and go, you know, there's bigger fish to fry here. We're in really big trouble. The next 10 years is going to change everything. Some are already here. Some will be on their way very soon. But no one in Washington is concerned about doing anything about the trouble, the real trouble that we face. They have no plan. All they care about is harnessing your anger due to their screw-ups over the last few decades. Think about that. They want us to be angry over the things that they have done in order to give them, Republicans and Democrats, more power. Meanwhile, nothing ever changes. Nothing gets better because no one's actually talking about what we're truly facing. Senator Sass is right. The system was never meant to just be a two-party system. In fact, our founders warned against this. How many more senators and congressmen feel like Ben Sass? I'm not sure. It might just be him and Mike Lee. I'm thinking maybe. Step out of the shadows, guys, together. Start something new, something based off of principles and values. And those values and principles are the thing that brought us together in the first place. And I don't mean the Republicans or the Democrats. I mean Americans, people from all over the world. They all came together because of the, of the Bill of Rights and the ideas that were outlined in the Declaration of Independence. People believed that. I still do. But we haven't done that in a long time. The Republican Party was founded in 1854. Six years later, they held the White House. It can happen again. We just need brave men and women to stand up and say, okay, Enough is enough. None of you are actually serious. It's Monday, September 10th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I'm glad you're here. Coming up in about an hour. um, um, I I need to talk about something that... um, I uh, revealed in a podcast over the weekend, um, and it is something that happened over the summer to my family. Um, my family was uh, was under attack, and uh, my son had been um, 
pursued by a child predator and only by the grace of God did we catch this. And it was the most terrifying uh, time of my life. Um, I, I, I've never felt more helpless or lost. And um, I'll tell you the reaction um, that is normal um, that um, my son went through. And it, it, it was, I'm only telling you this story because uh, I was told that it would be helpful to others. I am nervous to talk about it because I am. Social media and the press are pretty ugly. And um, I would just ask, please, I am only sharing this because there are things as a parent you need to know. Please leave my family alone. We'll talk about that uh, coming up in um, hour number two of the broadcast. But I want to go. I I, I want to go a step further on what we were just talking about with with Ben Sass. Let me read a tweet that I sent last night. People think in terms of stories, not facts. The more simple the story, the easier it is for people to understand. Do you agree with that, Stu? Yeah, it's a well-known. Uh, you know, right. it's, it's 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 the mind. It's the human mind. They right. follow storylines. It's 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 why we lose because we go on facts. We talk about numbers. We talk about economics. And what does the left do? They have generally always played to the heart, and they've told the story about this poor little you know Sally Muck and Futch with only one eye. And, uh, you know, the evil conservatives are collecting children's eyes. Yeah, the typical, the, a factory closes down. The left Correct. shows up to interview everyone as they're walking out crying with their boxes. And no one realizes that in the end, they all wind up with better jobs. Correct. So it's all about stories. So I said that last night. And, I, and so then I put left, quote, Trump is a monster. Right, quote, CNN is the problem. Both of these have some truth, but they hold sway over us because they are simple storylines. We need to grow up. So, yes, has Donald Trump done some things that are absolutely bat crap crazy? Yes, we all know that. I'm sure he knows that. Yes, and he kind of revels in that. He likes creating chaos. Is he a monster? I don't know. Just a guy. Right. Is CNN the root of all of our problems? No. No. Is that the problem? Are they the big evil boogeyman? No. Is there a problem with the press? Yes. A deep, disturbing problem with the press. That's not CNN that's evil. But because those are easy to grab onto... Because that's a simple storyline. It focuses us. And we no longer believe in nuance. We can't even talk about nuance. I can't say what I just said. In fact, let me just tell you that when I did say these things, uh, I was a, uh, well, here we go. Glenn, you think Trump is a monster? Guess following you was a bad idea. 
Did you specifically address that these weren't true? Right? Like, there's an, no, element, there's an element of truth. However, right. And right. I mean, again, like, forget even Trump as president, right? I mean, like, back before he ran for president, you know, that, I mean, again, the guy was most famous for firing people. Like, he, this was his persona. This was, this is who he's been for a long time. Right. Even if you love everything he's done as president, it's okay to admit, as he probably would too, in, in a quiet moment, if there is one. Then you had the typical from the uh, from the left. Oh, CNN is the problem. Well, what about your conspiracy charts? Where are they? Where are they? All right. Okay. No. Shut up. Shut up. Now it's possible that perhaps a venue uh, specifically designed to create uh, c- contain all thoughts in 280 characters is not the place for nuance. I mean, <laughs> yes. I, I would say that's at least part of the problem here. But, there but is, I think it is. A, it's much larger than yeah, this. So that. here's the problem. The problem is, if you can't express it in 200 uh, characters, you uh, you can't express it. And nobody listens to it. Nobody listens to <laughs> it, okay? you If you can't express it in a tweet, then it doesn't matter because the response, the intellectual dialogue has to happen in 288 characters as well. That's... So th- that's not a way to find fact or reason. It's not a way to run a country. Remember when we laughed that Iceland said, hey, tweet us your constitutional ideas. <laughs> when they I were putting a new laugh, constitution. Yeah, we still laugh. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's not a way to run a country. Well, that's what we're doing. Hey, tell me your big in-depth idea. Let's have some real intellectual debate. But keep it down to 288 characters. What? Not possible. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, you mentioned Ben Sass. Um, his last book uh, was a non-political, incredibly interesting deep dive into the way our families are and the way fathers are and, and the way society is. brilliant. It was really well done. It was called The Vanishing American Adult. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it, you know, it, it's a book. A book is like, it's like climbing Everest for most of the people. Now, you know, look, I, people in this audience are listening to, you know, 15, 20 hours of talk radio a week just on this show, plus other shows. Like, there are people that do these deep dives, right? Yes, yes. But it's, it, it, you know, for the general public, we're 80 and 90% of the people are not, they don't even know that Ben Sass wrote that book, yeah. right? And it's not because Ben Sass is a nobody or whatever. Maybe he may be. The point is, regardless if he, if he is or not, it was, it's an interesting book and an important thing for us to think about. A deep topic with lots of nuance to think about right now. And you know what's interesting is a guy who's perceived to be on the left, um, uh, Jonathan Haidt, wrote a book that's now number one bestseller calling, uh, 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 called The Coddling of the American Mind. It's the same book that Ben Sass wrote, just in a different way, but it's the same, it's the same exact message. Here's 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 the problem. Here's what we need to do as parents. Here's what we need to do. I can guarantee you those on the left who read the Jonathan Haidt book will mock the Ben Sass book, even though they don't even know the name of it or know what the message is. And that's the problem. We're all saying not all of us. I want to make this very clear. There are a group of people on both ends of the spectrum that want nothing to do with reason and reality. But I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the general, the average, your neighbor. The average person on both sides wants to have this dialogue 
and wants to find a way to live together. The good news is we already found it. We already found it. What brought us here in the first place is what will bring us back together. And that is the Bill of Rights. But until we start talking about the actual rights of mankind and who issues those rights and why they're important, we're not going to be able to fix anything. By the way, you can uh, find a lot on this topic on the new book, Addicted to Outrage. It comes out next week. I invite you to grab it now so you have it on day number one. Addicted to Outrage, available now at Amazon.com. Back in just a second, our sponsor this half hour is American Financing. American Financing is the place that you should go to if you're looking to buy a house. Um, the inventory of homes listed above 350,000 rose to 5.7. That's according to new data from Realtor.com. This means that um, there are less uh, buyer competition. Sellers are eager to get to the uh, closing table before the holidays. It could give serious buyers some more leverage right now. Now is the time to pick up the phone and call American Financing. They have access to every loan in the industry, and they can help you with finding the down payment assistance. It's American Financing. They employ salary-based mortgage consultants. They don't work on commission. They work for you, and they will advise you, um, in their opinion, what is going to meet your financial goals. They're not making money uh, from the bank trying to sell you something. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, over 1,800 Google reviews. They offer convenience of e-sign so you can take care of everything in the comfort of your own home on your schedule. There's no upfront fees. They will customize a loan program to fit your financial needs in all 50 states. They're licensed. It's American Financing. Call them at 800-906-2440. American Financing, 800-906-2440. Or online at AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Unbelievable. Welcome to the uh, program. We're just talking about the um, how spooky the police, and especially in England, are becoming, uh, and the, the things that they can now do to find people. And I just saw this. Um, Majid Nawaz just uh, tweeted the new, uh, what is it, South Yorkshire police um, ad campaign. This is in England. Um, it says, uh, in addition to reporting a hate crime, please report non-crime hate incidences, which can include things like offensive or insulting comments. Uh, finally, finally, we were reporting offensive comments to the police. That's important. I've been insulted. What, what are you, what are you talking about? Now we're reporting to the police, our feelings. <laughs> what? We're talking about thought police. This is the feeling police. It's Unbelievable. Yeah. Absolutely unbelievable what is happening. Uh, and did you see the story about how they found these GRU agents in in uh, in, in England with the, the attack on Russia? We should go through this because it's the, the the technology they are claiming that Great Britain has right now working against, uh, you know, with all the it's one of the most highly monitored societies on Earth. And next what, to China. Probably next to China, yeah. But I mean, the stuff that they're using is is insane. Yeah. Especially from this is not a, an oppressive regime. Yeah. Right. Well, 
report your feelings? It's, it's not Iran, though. I mean, yes. you expect this stuff in North Korea. Don't expect yes. it from, from England. Yes. Back in just a second. I want to talk about uh, what's happening in London. We'll get to that in a little while. Also, uh, in half an hour, we're going to be talking um, probably the the most um, uh, personal thing I have ever discussed on on uh, radio. And I just ask uh, social media and everyone else, please leave my family alone. Um, this is a really important, probably one of the most important topics that we could discuss um and it comes from a horrific nightmare experience that happened to me and my family this uh, summer uh and if it can happen to me it can happen to anyone uh that's coming up in about a half an hour from now i want to i want to talk to you a little bit about um understanding the world and this is really what we get into in um, the the book and we'll get into on the stage show. I'm coming to a town near you. Look it up at glenbeck.com slash tour. Um, but in, in my book, Addicted to Outrage, which comes out next week, I, I'm trying to help you make sense of the world. How, how, what is happening to us? And then chart a path out. And the reason why we're having problems is because after World War I and World War II, um, Ayn Rand really became a big, a big thing. And she was just all about reason. I mean, I think it was Anthem, the last thing the temple said was reason. And, you know, a lot of people said, well, she's cutting out God. Yeah, okay, well, let's just focus on reason here for a second. Because we've now, as a society, cut out God and we've now cut out reason. This is, it's reason that saves us from massacres, always. Now, so reason swung really hard back the other way because of fascism and communism back in the 50s. And we started going, yeah, we, we really need to you know fix reason firmly in her seat. Then in the late 1960s and 70s, Campuses turned into the postmodernist, um, uh, I don't know, idea factory or indoctrination camp. And postmodernism only means the modern world, which was the Enlightenment, anything created by the Enlightenment, anything that, you know, happened, you know, here in our country with the with the Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence, anything that really cemented reason is the enemy because we are now in the postmodern world which rejects all of that okay so in 1958 Rand stated reality exists as an objective absolute facts are facts independent of man's feelings wishes hopes or fears right that's the world that i understand but that is not the world that we're living in. Postmodernism holds there is no objective natural reality and logic and reason are mere conceptual constructs that are not universally valid. Now, the idea that human nature doesn't exist. Is a problem. The idea there are no objective moral values, one's one's concept of good and another's concept of evil 
are to be equally correct, I'm quoting, since both good and evil are near, uh, merely subjective. That's not true. That is not true. But that is, this is what's causing the wires to short circuit in people's heads. That's why Linda Sarsour, we all know what the Nazis did to the Jews. Bad, right? What, do you, what, what did the Nazis do? They dehumanized the Jews, then they rounded up, they killed them, Right? And it was subjective. The truth was subjective. There was no real truth back with the Nazis. Because the real truth is, wait a minute, killing the Jews, bad. Why? They're humans. Every man has a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But if all truth is subjective, I can do whatever I want. Linda Sarsour came out recently, and she said... um, she, she not only spoke against the Jews, she spoke against people who were, quote, humanizing the Jews. That's one of the most incredible statements I have I've heard since uh, Goebbels. We cannot humanize the Jews. Linda Sarsour. What? What? what, what? Now, so you know, she's the leader of the women's movement, the Women's March. She is also, um, you know, hand in hand with the Democratic Party. The Democrats have to decide, is this who you want to stand with? And I don't mean the Democrats in Washington. I mean you, if you're a Democrat. You need to decide. Now, how can she say that? However, at the same time, they claim I'm an anti-Semite. They actually, they led this big campaign. George Soros funded a big campaign uh, that I was an anti-Semite while I was doing a rally in Jerusalem standing for Israel and the Jews. But I'm, I was an anti-Semite, but she's not an anti-Semite? How is that possible? Because she is doing what the postmodern world needs and she is affecting the disillusion, uh, the disillusionment and the dissolving of the Western world. She's tearing the system down while I am holding the system up. And that's all that matters. It's the same w- with Glad. Glad says they want to protect homosexuals. I meet with Glad and I say, okay, we're never going to agree on the wedding cake, but let's agree throwing homosexuals off the rooftops or going and, 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 and getting them in the middle of the night like Russia is doing or Iran is doing. We should stand together on that. No. Why? Because the goal is not about homosexuals. The goal is about the destruction of the Western way of life. The wedding cake is more important than the Jews being thrown off the roofs in, in Iran. That's the problem. And this is what your kids are learning right now on college campuses. Think about that the next time you're writing a check for a college loan. One of the greatest errors that we have made in the conservative movement is to accept the notion that reason and God are somehow or another at odds, the opposite ends of the spectrum. That is not true. If there is a God, he's got to be the greatest scientist of all time. He is a mathematician. 
this incorrect notion doesn't stand to a simple test of logic. Mankind, uniquely among the creatures of the earth, possesses free will, self-awareness, and the capacity for what? For reason. We have brains that are the only ones that hold the concept of me, myself, and you, yourself. That's called identity. And as brilliant and as beautiful as whales and dolphins are, or any of the great apes, and I mean that sincerely, we don't have evidence that they possess these concepts, nor do their brains possess the same physical and chemical structures where these things exist within our consciousness in theirs. It doesn't happen that we know of. That's what makes us man. Reason. Now think this through. God creates all these creatures... But only one of them possesses really free will, self-awareness, and reason. Now, what God or creator wants us to ignore reason, not use logic, and accept even his existence on blind faith, not the God that I know of, doesn't compute. It's the postmodernists who rely on the acceptance of blind faith there is zero empirical data that any portion of postmodern ideology works in reality or is even real. The only thing that postmodernism does, and this is the root of the problem in our society right now, what is being spoon-fed to us, the 181 genders, well, there's probably more than that. Of course there are, because there is no reality. There is no truth. There is no evidence that this is anything but destructive, but that is the key. Its sole purpose is to tear down the Western way of life. That is not hyperbole. That is what the creators designed it for. When they came to America from a meeting in France, they said, you realize what we're about to unleash, we're about to uh, release, uh, uh, release a, uh, a plague on this society. We're all brain, born with a brain, and we have an innate sense of self and identity and free will, and it is capable of reason. It's not religious conservatives that are at odds with reason and science. Sometimes, yes. But definitely, and this is why you're seeing professors now leave the universities who are on the left because they realize, wait a minute, you're asking me to talk about these genders based on what? We cannot have blind faith. The horrors of the past happened because people were angry, afraid, and they felt that their identity had been taken from them. The greatest generation has just passed. There's very few of them left anymore. We all sat at the dinner table as kids, if you're my age, 
and we heard them tell the stories over and over again, if we are indeed sincere in our goal of never again, we will remember what those stories taught us. Men go crazy when they're afraid, when they're angry, when they're outraged. They go crazy. And they will listen to anyone who will say, I can bring order. I started reading a, a book last night. I'll tell you about it in a few weeks when I'm done. But I started reading it last night and I thought, this is a love letter to communism. And this is a very popular book. And it's talking about the future and what the future holds and the things that we have to do. And it is basically saying, you know, communism Communism really, you know, it had a lot going for it because it had heart and we need to have heart now. We're in a different world. And until we recognize that and we don't play into those uh, temptations of just reacting. We're not going to solve anything. And in fact, we will be in the tool. We will be a tool in the hands of the left. You can find out uh, all about this with the new book, Addicted to Outrage, available everywhere. All right. Simply Safe, Home Security. <laughs> Great protection. Very easy to use. Uh, Simply Safe is a company that's, you know, now valued at, I think, over a billion dollars. It's crazy. When they started here, there were five guys. It was like five guys' hamburgers. I mean, they just had this great idea. They put something together that was really groundbreaking at the time. Now they're becoming the industry leader in standard. Just like five guys. It's the, oh my, it's the same story, except well, one brings you hamburgers. The other protects you from people stealing your hamburgers. That's what Simply uh, okay. Safe does. I'm if not you have sure bags that... of Five Guys fries stored away like I do, <laughs> you need Simply Safe. Okay. Because you never know when All Glenn's right. going to try to break into your home and steal them. Simply Safe, home, <laughs> home security that's comprehensive, protection for your home, round the clock professional monitoring, police dispatch. It's a great system. Going to save you a buttload of money, and there's no contracts, no strings attached. You own the system. You will not regret this. Go do your homework yourself. It's simplysafebeck.com. Simplysafebeck.com. So Trump is coming down to uh, Texas to support uh, Ted Cruz and rally for him. Uh, this is this out of the nine Senate seats that are up for grabs that the Republicans have. The Ted Cruz uh, uh, election is the safest seat the GOP has. Yeah. So there's basically nine toss up seats. The GOP needs to win three of them to hold on to the Senate. Three of the nine. Um, of the nine, the safest one is Cruz. That's crazy. By a pretty significant margin. I mean, when you look at the other ones, they're all legitimate toss-ups. Or worse, like Democrats are kind of favored to win them. If uh, they lose the Senate? Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, the bottom line is if they lose the House, nothing's going to happen for the Correct. next. They, you know, the House will probably impeach Donald Trump if if they win. Oh, I they right? will. I, I mean, don't know because, on what grounds, right, but no they grounds. absolutely will. Doesn't matter the grounds matter. or not. They can do whatever nope. they want. Yep. So they probably will. The Senate will not be able to get to sixty-seven votes, no matter what. Right. So likely, what's going to happen is you're not going to get any new legislation. You're not going to get. Oh, good. We could maybe rule through executive order. 
Oh, that would be good. That's not good. Uh, it's not. I mean, nothing positive is going to come from from them losing the House or Senate. But the the amount of negative is is are somewhat limited as well, unless you're really pleased with the way the GOP Congress has been handling itself the last couple of years. If you're like, oh, I'm thrilled with what we got out of this. I mean, there, and there have been some good things. I mean, the tax plans was okay. It wasn't a great tax plan, but it was an improvement. Um, oh, there's I been think a couple been, good I, things. I don't think they're serious about doing anything. It doesn't seem like it. I mean, ra- rarely do you even hear a proposal these days. Well, I will say this. There is a backlog of, of uh, bills that have been passed, but McConnell won't pick them up for the Senate. So... You know, it, it does kind of go on McConnell's back as well. It's not just the fault of Congress, although Congress deserves a good thump on the head. Glenn Beck. It's Monday, September 10th. This is the Glenn Beck program. Saturday, I did a podcast and I spoke of something that I had not spoken of before. And, uh, it uh, let me just start with saying this social media and media, please leave my family alone. The only reason why I am discussing this is I have been told by several authorities uh, that this would be helpful to other people. So please leave my family alone. Something happened over the summer um, I took a vacation in uh, July because uh, something had uh, happened and my family and I, we needed to go away together for a while. And um, what had happened was my wife woke me up about... Hmm, 1220 in the morning. And she said, honey, the phone right just rang half a ring and then it stopped. And I wanted to say, thank you for the, (laughs) thank you for the update. Now back to sleep. And I said, what, what? And she said, somebody picked it up. Now we, There are a string of things that have happened here that I want to point out along the way because we were saved by a few things. One, we have a phone in our house that has two or three lines and it shows, you know, the incoming call has caller ID, has the incoming call, and then it also has a line on it, it lights up. If somebody picks it up, it lights up. And I, so I sat up in bed and I said, what do you mean somebody picked it up? And she said, somebody picked it up. And I went up into the kid's room and they're both sound asleep. And this is one of the nights where we didn't have somebody on duty um, in the, what's called the command center in our, in our house. We have a, like a guard shack at our house and we have, monitoring and um there is there is someone monitoring our house visually and audio 24 7 um my family has been under attack we have we have had problems uh in the past so i take it very seriously 
I said, is anybody on duty? And she said, no. And I said, well, okay, let's not panic. And so we sat there and we talked for a few minutes and um, uh, we looked at the caller ID. And I won't tell you where it's from, um, but it was from out of state. And uh, I said, we don't know anybody. That's Maybe it was a wrong number. She said, I swear to you, somebody picked it up. Then I said, after about 20 minutes of discussing this, I said, let me get the gun and the dogs. So I'm thinking that somebody is outside in the guard shack or something and maybe picked up the phone in there and is is communicating with somebody. So I get the gun and the dogs and uh, phone rings again. And and it picks up immediately. And this time, the uh, light's on for a while. Sorry, phone does not ring. The light just goes on. And somebody is making a call in my house. And we watch it for a while. And it's it's going for three, four minutes. So I get the dogs. And I um, give them the command to... Um, search and kill uh, and I have them both by a leash uh, and I have a gun and I walk out of the bedroom and I walk into the living room and we have a very long hallway in our in our house and I was walking down that center hallway and I'm at the living room and I announce if there is someone in the house I have a gun and I have dogs I and my family feel under threat, and I will shoot to kill. Um, Please announce yourself. Nothing. I keep walking down the hall. I keep repeating it. I have a gun, and I will shoot to kill. My family and I feel as though we're under attack. The dogs are all keyed up because they can feel the tension in the house. And we hear something. And I stop, and I'm about to let the dogs go. And I say, if, if there is someone in the house or if it is one of the children, you need to identify yourself right now because I will shoot to kill. I hear my son say, Dad, it's me. Were you on the phone? No. Were you on the phone? Why? Answer the question. Yes. Now, who is my son talking to? It's now 1.30 in the morning, I think. Who's my son talking to at 1.30 in the morning? And this is a West Coast call. My son is 13. He said, I was just talking about a game from one of the gamers from that I play with on PlayStation. I said, what's the name? And it was the name on the caller ID. I said, how old is he? He's in his 30s. 
My son's 13. I said, are you out of your mind? First of all, you gave him our phone number. You identified yourself. You're playing with a stranger. All of those things break the rules of the house. And you, you're, and he's like, it's nothing. And I said, he's in his 30s. You're 13. What does a 30-year-old have to, and he's like, it's nothing. And I said, let me ask you a question. If your sister, who's 11, was on the phone with a 30-year-old guy, would you be saying the same thing? No. Well, what the hell is wrong with you? I probably didn't ha- handle it the right way, but I think I handled it the way any parent would at 2 o'clock in the morning. I said, we'll talk about this tomorrow. Go to bed. Took all the phones and unplugged every single phone in the house except the one at my bed. I waited until 5 o'clock in the morning to reach out to Tim Ballard from Operation Underground Railroad because I've been down this road with him. I know how this happens. I know how kids are are groomed and then taken by a predator. My house probably has a million dollars worth of security in it. My house is, the, and I'm not joking, my house, we found out, they actually refer to my house as the compound. The only reason why we found out is because we were calling them because somebody tripped an alarm and we had to tell them that it was off and the police were already on their way. And we heard dispatch give the address and they said, is that the compound? And she asked for my name and then she radioed back. Yep. It's the compound. So it's known for its um, castle like qualities. We have all kinds of servers and and everything else. I don't even know what it is. Racks of stuff to prevent people from coming in electronically in our house. And more importantly, we have rules in our house with our children knowing firsthand that there are people that want to hurt their dad or hurt the family. They have witnessed it. When we sat down and I made the agreement that he could play on PlayStation, that was the number one rule. No one is to ever know your name. No one is to ever know your phone number. No one is ever to know your address. No one, no one, no one, no one ever, period. We put the game in the living room where he was playing it the whole time. We could hear him the whole time. We could watch him the whole time. How, how in, how in God's name did this happen? I reach out to, to Tim. I come into the studios and he calls me back just before a broadcast in June. 
and all I can think of is I need to be at my house. And I said, Tim, I already have security reaching out to the police. What else do we need to do? He um, guided uh, us through some things and then said, let me talk to the police after they do an initial search because we had, I have security that can search people's names and phone numbers. I can, um, I have the means to be able to do that. That's part of, you know, what my security detail does before you would come to visit. We need to know who you are. It's a horrible way to live. We find out about this guy and um, it's not pretty. I do the show and I leave and I go home. And as I'm driving home, I call Tim and I said, because I'm going to be meeting the sex crimes division, police sex crimes division, children sex crimes division. And they are going to interview my son. And uh, I am terrified about what the future holds, what has happened. And I am terrified of what they're going to find. What, what are they going to even say to me? What has happened? And I, I'm on the way home and I said, Tim, can you prepare me at all on what I'm going to face? And he said, the worst part is if your son is normal, he's going to defend the man and he'll be very angry with you. And I said, I can't believe that. He said, Glenn, it's normal. If he's being groomed, that's exactly what's going to happen. I get home. And I sit down, and my son's not in the room, and I have the sex, children's sex crimes officers in my living room. And I'll pick the story up there when I come back. I tell you this story because there are things that you have to know and that you also uh, need to share with your kids and they're not going to believe you Uh, and I'll explain coming up in a second our sponsor uh, this half hour is um, it's the best way to find it the best way to find people with you know uh, with the right quality to be able to do the job that you're looking to have somebody do you've got a job opening you just you don't have time to go through a whole bunch of um, of resumes. You need somebody to do it. Maybe you know the worst thing is if you don't have an HR person because you're trying to replace the HR person. That's the worst nightmare because there's nobody to ask. Can you just do a job search, find somebody? No, you've got to do it. Zip Recruiter. 
They don't wait for the candidates to find you. They post on all of the leading job sites, but it also goes and learns exactly what you're learning, looking for. And then it goes out and it seeks those people with those qualities um, and ask them to apply for the position. Then they go through all of the resumes that are coming in. They prioritize them, mark them in uh, in yellow and highlight so you don't miss the perfect candidate. If you're looking to hire, there's no better way. ZipRecruiter. Try it for free right now at ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Again, try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Continuing our... Uh our story, and uh, I don't think I, I can remember a time when my mouth was dry on the air. Um, uh, I, I'm, I, 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 I beg for mercy for my family uh, from the media and the um, social media. Um, I am telling this story. Uh, because I have been told by telling it, it will actually help others. Um, but it is one of the most difficult um, and frightening things I have ever gone through in my life. We, <clears throat> my son is uh, on the phone with someone in the middle of the night and um he is uh, in his 30s, and my son is 13, and they're just, Dad, we're just talking about games. Uh-huh. And um, what kind of 30-year-old man do you tell, call me, and I'll pick it up, you know, after midnight, uh, you know, on half a ring, and then uh, I have to call you right back. Um, anyway. <clears throat> So I walk into the house, um, and just before I do, Tim says to me, your son is going to turn against you, and he's going to defend this guy. The police officers ask if they can uh, spend a few minutes with just Tanya and I, and I know what they're going to ask because I had just been told what happens uh, next, and that is they're going to ask for the PlayStation they will ask for the PlayStation or the Xbox or whatever it is that you're using um, because they have information that they'll need to get off of that, including every conversation that he has ever had online. And I said, well, I don't think he saves any of it. And uh, Tim said, that's not a problem. So the police uh, ask if I could if I would give them permission to take it and to transcribe every word that has ever been uttered online. Now, put yourself in this situation for a second. Forget about, forget about what you're afraid of. The sex crimes division is afraid of, and you are afraid of. I now have months of every conversation my son has ever had coming my way in a transcript. I don't want to see that. I don't want to know. I have to know. I don't want to know. <sighs> yes, you have my permission. Y you can. We didn't have to do anything. He said, no, no, no. There's, 
you wouldn't believe the information this holds. This holds not only all of the conversations, but also the information on everyone that he has connected with in any way, shape, or form. And it allows them to go into their networks and be able to see who they are connecting with. It is an unbelievable source of information that none of us know we have sitting in our homes. In this particular case, I was happy about it. He said, the next few minutes are going to be really um, tough because um, of your security and because of Operation Underground Railroad and because you called us. We already pretty much know who this guy is and we'll pick the story up there. Glenn Beck, Mercury. Tonight at uh, 5 o'clock, we're going to uh, continue this with uh, our discussion with um, uh, Tim Ballard uh, from Operation uh, uh, Underground Railroad and, uh, and, and talk about how vulnerable all of us are without hyperbole. I have believed that we were um, vulnerable, but I will tell you that... Uh, I am just like everyone else who thought, well, it'll never happen to me. Uh, And uh, because of my security, because of our family situation, it didn't happen to me, but it almost did. My, My son is sitting in the living room. The... Child sex crimes unit is in my living room. My wife and I are um, sitting there. If I, I truly believe, <clears throat> if I hadn't have been there, <clears throat> my wife would have gone and killed this man. Um, <clears throat> we um, sit down with a police officer and. Um, he asks, you know, what was going on? Who initiated the call? Um, <clears throat> you know, what do you guys talk about? <clears throat> and um, my son defends him and says, my mom and dad, um, they always they're paranoid and they always think that somebody's out to get us and everything else. And, you know, in my case, um, (laughs) partly true, uh, but partly because yes, they are. Um, And I was shocked at my son because he has witnessed it. And I thought my kids understood that because they've, they've witnessed very frightening things. Uh, that I can't we've that we've endured together. And I've said to Tanya, as we lay in bed that night, I don't know what my childhood would be like if I grew up with this happening in my house. I mean, it would be awful. I thought my kids would get it, but obviously they didn't. <clears throat> they. um To cut to the the chase here. Because 
we had a phone with dual lines that lit up so you could see if someone was on the phone. Because my children did not have access to the computer because they did not have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or anything else. Because we were lucky enough. I would not have looked at that light. My wife did. Because we were lucky enough that my wife looked at that light. On the first attempt, he was caught. I'm not going to give you any details other than the authorities were aware of him. Uh, There were um, apparently 12 other children he was grooming. Uh, And that's all I can uh, say. I want to tell you that your children are not going to believe you. That your children are going to say, oh, geez, my mom and dad, they're so paranoid. They live in the past. They don't, quote, they don't understand gamers. I mean, we like to talk about things. One of the officers that sat in my house said to my son, um, you know, we just caught a woman. I can't remember if she was in the 30s or 40s. She lives way up north in the country. And um, she abducted a 15-year-old boy. They had been playing games, and they had become friends, and he had called her on his phone and they started to talk about games and then she said hey i'm happen to be in town you want to have lunch can i meet you someplace for lunch she then convinced him somehow or another to get on a plane and go with her out of state they did they were at their house at her house when he disappeared Uh, the parents went to the police and they said he probably just ran away. And they're like, no, he didn't run away. It's not like him. Something's wrong. Police said, well, there's a time limit. We can't do this. We, there's nothing to go on here because they had a friend who was a cop that said, does, 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 did he play games? Yes. They took the, I don't know if it was an Xbox or PlayStation, did exactly the same thing. And the police went online as their son. When he went online, apparently the abductor uh, noticed that somebody had gone online. The boy said, oh, it's probably my parents. My parents never play game. The abductor knew That's not your parents. The Xbox or the PlayStation has unbelievable power and information in it. Uh, My son's Xbox um, uh, was used uh, under his name 
throughout the summer by the police to try to catch people. Um, you don't have any idea what's going on. That is a, a sewer of people waiting, knowing that parents do not pay attention and knowing that kids think that we're all gamers and so we're all cool. When the woman up in Minnesota uh, saw that um, someone was going online as the as the boy, um, they had already had a couple of sex- sessions of sex. She got him on a plane and was going to bring him back to Dallas. Unfortunately for her, the police were waiting at the airport. That kid was lucky. My kid was a miracle. Parents, please do not let your kids have social media. They can grow up later. Do not let your kids have social media. I know you're going to take all kinds of heat. I know you're, but they have it in this. Well, they're not living there, are they? I'm not their parent. I'm your parent. If this can happen in my house, with my security, my connections, my children knowing that there's a reason to fear those online. What chance do you have? I found it. Remarkable that my family would be targeted when we have done so much to stop this very thing and rescue the kids. But it is one reason why I've decided to tell you this story. Because I don't, it, it happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. And if this can make you more aware, if you will talk to your child, get the game console into the kitchen or the living room where someone already is, which we had, make sure they don't have access to a phone. Make sure that you check their histories, their deleted histories. Don't let them have social media, period. I know they're going to think you're a monster. But what's the worst that can happen? They have a few years with an uber-strict parent. What's the worst that can happen if you don't do those things? You do, 
I had a happy ending. You do not want to live through the weeks that we lived through, even with a happy ending. Tim Ballard, uh, tonight at 5 o'clock on the Blaze TV. Might be something you might want to watch with your kids. FBI, along with uh, international law enforcement agencies, have arrested uh, 74 alleged cyber criminals for schemes designed to intercept and hijack wire transfers from businesses and individuals. Um, look, people are trying to get in. And I don't want to live my life paranoid. And I don't. I really don't. I mean, I've I've spent the money to do the things that my family has to do that I don't wish on anybody's family. Um, but even then, people get in. I have LifeLock. Even then, people have gotten in. However, LifeLock has saved me. The security precautions that I've taken at my house have saved me. You have to do the basic stuff and then just let it go. LifeLock, the identity theft protection, now with the power of Norton Security, will protect you against the threats to your identity and to your your devices that you can't see or fix on your own. They'll do it for you. I want you to call them now. 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. You'll get 10% off your first year if you use the promo code BECK. Plus, you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card with the annual enrollment. Promo code back. Terms and conditions do apply. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Let me say one more thing on this subject, and then I've, I've got to shake this off. I just, I, uh, it's, I, it's an awful feeling. One other personal note. My son, uh, I'm, he's very bright. Um, he's a voracious reader. He's, he's, he's just very bright, and that's trouble. <laughs> that's just trouble. And um, I worry about him um, all the time. And, uh, and I, I know that it is my responsibility as a parent and I've always considered myself an iffy dad. Um, and, and that's uh, partly because I've had girls and I don't know. I don't know how to raise girls. I have no idea. I, I always end up saying something stupid in there. And they're like, <laughs> and you're like, what the hell did I just say? I have no idea. My son, I can see him coming a million miles away. It's weird because my wife, she doesn't see it like I do. She sees my daughter's. I see my son. And um, I've never worked harder on anything in my life than on my son. And uh, if you don't have a relationship with your children, we've, we've, we went through um, some real hell a couple of years ago. Because, you know... The kids are coming out strong-willed, as they should. They need that strong will to be able to stand. But how do you temper that without breaking them? And uh, I will tell you, I I want to be careful in this, because I've kept my distance as a father, but I have also become his friend. We 
talk about everything. And I tell him, um, you know, the things he's struggling with. I'll tell him about the times that I was struggling with it when I was his age. And he, I don't, I am the authority figure in my house. And that's very important to maintain that. Um, um, because he respects the boundaries. But I also have the relationship with him where he's comfortable to talk about anything. You have to have that with your kids. And you have to shoot straight with your kids. And you have to be informed on what is really happening in the world. And don't go off half-cocked because... Uh, I mean, if you haven't Googled it, they will. And they will know more about things than you could ever think. I talked to my kids this weekend about trap music just to throw them off. Yes, I did a lot of homework on it, but just to throw them off. Yeah, dads. Yeah, I know. of course I know what that is. Yeah. Why wouldn't I? Just keep them on their toes. Um, but... Uh, Make sure you stay close to your kids because it's a confusing world and they need somebody that they can confide in and that will tell them no. Back in a minute. Glenn Beck. Well, here's a twist nobody saw coming. Four months. The uh, left's pet cause was opposing President Trump for his snatching of children from their parents at the border and locking them in cages. At least that's how the mainstream media presented the situation. And they, of course, forgot that that uh, was Barack Obama's policy. In June, a federal judge in San Diego ordered that parents and children be reunited and the government has complied. But over the weekend... Reuters reported an update to this saga that throws a little wrench into the narrative. Here's a twist. Many Central American parents who have been separated from their children and deported do not want to be reunited with their children. Wait, what? What parents wouldn't want to be reunited with their kids? Reuters must be using a, some Trump supporter as their main source for the story. Actually, it's the ACLU pointing this problem out. It's not exactly an organization that usually counters the left's narrative. But on Friday, an ACLU lawyer told a federal judge in San Diego that they had had difficult conversations with the parents this week. And as much as they want to be with their child, and it is heartbreaking, they feel it is too dangerous. This ACLU lawyer told the judge that they've been in Guatemala trying to find the parents of about 300 children currently in the U.S. care. But almost two-thirds of the parents are refusing to have their children returned to them. According to the ACLU's court report, parents refused to be reunited with 109 out of the 162 children. The ACLU say some parents who have refused older children, their fear is that they'll be recruited by violent gangs if they return here, uh, return home to Central America. Others who refuse are just hoping their children end up living with some relative living here in the U.S. This report proves what some of us have pointed out all along. It's kind of a complex issue here. 
This isn't something that you just do in 244 characters. The border and immigration issue are not clear cut as those simple minds in the media would have you believe. The whole border focus this year has been about painting Trump and his administration as heartless and cruel for separating families. Yet a largely ignored part of the story is the fact that many of these families separated themselves from their children, from the harsh realities of their home countries that they're they're absolutely fine making sure their kids aren't in. That's a different story. Some parents are willing to be separated from their children as long as it means their kids get to stay in the U.S. It's Monday, September 10th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So here's a, <clears throat> here's a couple of things on that story that I think we need to discuss. First of all, it's not cut and dry now, is it? It's not that the evil, you know, Barack Obama or the evil uh, Donald Trump came in and took these kids away from their parents. Nope. Some of the parents sent their kids here. Some of the parents don't want their kids back. Now, why? Okay. A couple of reasons, few reasons, and I'm going to speculate on some of them. A can't afford to have the kids. It's a difficult situation. America has the promise of a better tomorrow and a better hope. Two, it's dangerous in their countries. The drug lords and everything else that are happening in their countries. They don't want their kids involved in gangs. Three, there's law and order here in America. There's the promise of going to school in America. There's the promise of you don't have to live like your parents lived their whole life. You can change your destiny. Let's look at all three of those things. Some bad parents. Some bad gangs. Well, why are there bad gangs? Why, why the last two, the gangs, the drug lords... And uh, uh, and the um, you know promise of a better life here as opposed to their own home. Why is that happening? Well, most likely because they don't live in a country where there is a system of laws. They live under a system of men. And so if you have the right amount of money, you can bribe the judges and the police and you can have them all on your payroll and you can get away with literally murder. In America, we've always been proud that we have, for the most part, not always, but for the most part, taken care of those things, even if it meant appointing a special branch of the Treasury Department called the untouchables. When the Chicago police went bad, we did something about it. We don't like one set of rules for one group, and if you pay me, another set of rules for the other group. The reason why there is so much crime and 
hell in these countries is many of them have adopted socialist or dictator-like qualities. And the people live in squalor and poverty without very much hope of getting out of it. They come here to the promise of a better life. Yes, they come here, which is the country that is the main oppressor of people who are different in any way other than the European white male. They know from afar, I'd rather have that oppression, which I think is a bunch of hogwash. Because I've seen family members go to America and change their lives. The other thing that we need to discuss is we are losing the law here. We are becoming a, uh, a, a system of men and not of laws. We are going down the same roads that have bankrupted all of their countries. We have, we have taken the equal and separate branches of the U.S. government, all of the checks and balances... We've taken those and we've thrown them out the window. This weekend, I was teaching the kids about the Constitution. And I was amazed they were I was just trying to keep them awake. I was amazed at how many checks and balances there are in that system. It is a beautiful system. That just has check after check after check after check. But if the people in Washington don't want it and we don't care to enforce it, it's we're going to become just like everyone else. And I'm sorry, I don't buy into the postmodern bullcrap. This system is worth saving, not the way we're doing it or really been doing it in a long for a long time. You can buy your way out of situations. Google's doing it now. Facebook is doing it now. There's double standards for anybody who is in this position that they're in. That's the problem. Because I don't care if you're on the right or the left. It doesn't seem to me that the truth or the law actually applies to you anymore. And that's the quickest way to get people to stop come coming over our border for a better life. We're not going to build the wall. We're not going to enforce our laws. Don't worry. It won't be long before our government is so corrupt and so socialized and so void of any principles or ideals or morality that nobody will want to come here anyway. Back in just a minute, I want to talk to you a little bit about our sponsor. It's Filter By. New study came out of China, discovered air pollution causes huge reduction in intelligence. I don't know if that, I mean, I know that's true, but I mean, you would think it's got to be a pretty small reduction. I mean, the Chinese are pretty damn smart. And have you ever seen, it's like you can't even see across a room in China. The pollution is so bad. I mean, it really, it is, yeah. you know, you're not, you're too young to remember the 1970s air pollution before, you know, we really got serious. It was pretty bad. It wasn't like China. No. When societies wind up getting to the point where they can survive on their own, then they yeah. start worrying, worrying about the environment. So yeah. when you have a good, 
you know, a, a country like ours, it's led the world economically. We've cleaned this stuff up pretty well. Yeah. But I mean, you look at some of those pictures from like Pittsburgh back in the day. Oh my gosh. You can't even see the city. You can't see the day. You can you, you think it's night. The most amazing picture I've ever seen is like from Pittsburgh, like 1972. It's noon and it looks like midnight. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy how much smoke and smog was in the air. Right now, there's a the, we, remember we walked by that one building downtown, and it was this beautiful building that had all of this really nice tile on it. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. And um, I was talking, you know me, I was talking to somebody from Pittsburgh, and I'm like, that tile? And they were like, right? Isn't that amazing? It's up on the second floor um, on the outside walls. And uh, I said, that, uh, how old is that? And he said, I don't remember. He said, but we just found it. He said, because the building hadn't been cleaned for so many years. He said, we had no idea any of that was there. Anyway, filter by. You got to stop breathing this crap in because we still have it and, and allergies and everything else. And it's hard on your uh, HVAC system. So change your filters. The best way to get your filter is through filterby.com. Made here in America. You can save a buttload of money. Also, they'll deliver them to your house within 24 hours or set you up on a schedule and you'll save 5%. If I don't remember what it is supposed to be, like every six months or whatever it is, you're supposed to change your filter. They just send it to you so you don't have to think about it. You don't, you don't, you know. You don't have to call for repair on your HVAC system and have the guy go, when was the last time you changed the filter? And you're like, ah, we just moved here. Anyway, it's filterbuy.com. Filterbuy.com. Go there now. Filterbuy.com. Glenn Beck. Addicted to outrage. Oh, man. Did you see the USO Wimple... Do you see that? Great tournament. The U.S. Open. U.S. Open. Wimbledon. U.S. Open. Yeah. It was, I thought, despicable. Um, uh, uh, Serena Williams' um, activity out on the court. I know nothing about, obviously, anything about sports. However, she looked so sincere when she was like, this is, I, I am not a cheater. Well, it turns out... Um, yeah, you are. Your coach admitted to it later. Yeah. Should, should we listen to the audio yeah. of her sounding very sincere? This is Serena Williams fighting with the umpire. I didn't get coaching. You need to take. You need to make an announcement that I didn't get coaching. I don't cheat. I didn't get coaching. How can you say that? You need to. You need to. You owe me an apology. The, the um, you owe me an apology. I have never oh. cheated in my life. Listen. I have a Here she is. Listen how sincere she is. She she uses her child. I stand up for what is right yeah. for my child. If you if you hadn't have seen it yourself, you'd be like, you know what? She's probably right. I mean, she's yeah. using every bit of righteous you know indignation she can. Yes, and here's the quote from the coach. I'm honest. I was coaching. She <laughs> went on to say, I don't think she looked at me, so that's why she didn't think I was. Now. Well, I don't know if that's true or not, but that also doesn't make so a difference. Doesn't make a difference. You know, whether she sees him or not. Here's not- what in a good, in a reasonable world. Mm-hmm. Here's what should happen. 
she should now come out on television and say, I was wrong to say that to the umpire because apparently my coach was coaching. That's what the umpire saw. I did not see that. So my apologies to the umpire. I've had a conversation with my coach. It's outrageous. I don't cheat. That's, and that's an okay ending to that story. Yeah, it would be. Right? Would be. It's not, it's of not, course, what happened. No, that's not the ending. What happened was Serena went to a post-game uh, conference and talked about the umpire and his sexism. You definitely can't go back in time, but I can't sit here and say I wouldn't say he's a thief because I thought he took a game from me. But I've seen other men call other umpires several things and... I'm here fighting for women's rights and for women's equality no, you're playing and for tennis. all kinds of stuff. And for me to say thief and for him to take a game, it made me feel like it was a sexist remark. I mean, like how what? he's never took a game from a man because they said thief. <laughs> for me, it blows my mind. But I'm going to continue to to fight for women and to fight for us to have equal like Courtney should be able to take her shirt off without getting a fine like this is outrageous you know and I just feel like this is a terrible argument the fact that I have to go through this is just an example for the next person that has emotions and that want to express themselves and they want to be a strong woman and they're going to be allowed to do that because of today maybe it didn't work out for me but it's going to work out for the next person what the hell do you think happened out there you were playing tennis by the way getting your butt kicked at tennis she's a great tennis player one of probably the best ever but uh, she was going to lose this match either way. She's getting destroyed. Now, took all the attention away from Naomi Osaka, who won her first Grand Slam. and was a huge first Japanese woman, I think, to win a Grand Slam. Uh, would have been a huge deal for her. Instead, it's all about Serena Williams and her victimization of sexism. This poor, you know, hundred millionaire has had so much sexism to can deal I, with in her I life. Can I ask you a question? So, he, the, the, he's a sexist, so he caused her to lose to another woman how is that <laughs> right sexist? again the, I mean, the point was taken away and it benefited another woman right. so right away <laughs> you know that. I mean, it just sounds like redistribution of points <laughs> to me and so and you know her her argument that I and mean, this guy this this umpire has uh had confrontations with men before he's kind of a little bit known to be testy. Uh, a little testy mm-hmm. um so you know like literally every single point she brings up has no basis. And yet she's being praised as this hero of women's rights. She's not out there playing tennis for women's rights. She's out there playing tennis because she's really freaking good at it and can make lots and lots of money doing it. Now she may still, now she's playing for history because she's one of the best players of all time. Uh, But the idea that this turns into a sexism issue is exactly, addiction to outrage is a perfect uh, summary of this story because people are looking to try to find these controversies. And, you know, she's trying to read into this guy's mind. He said absolutely nothing that would indicate sexism. Nothing. All well, he did ruled was, against the woman. Yeah, all he did was he saw coaching going on, which the coach admitted. And, and the coach, of course, a, is a woman. And gave her a warning. Then she started screaming at him, She and he took a point, which is exactly what's supposed to happen by the rules. Then she continued the abuse and he took a game, which is the next level of punishment by the rules. Has it ever happened to anybody, John McEnroe? Yeah, he has. Yes, of course. I don't know what no, this, well, this guy is. I'm sure this no, referee but this, but, um, was no, not doing it at happened. that point. 
No, it, ha- it hasn't happened. No, it you know, she said, this has never happened before by someone calling him a thief. Oh, is that, that's the, that's <laughs> that's the definition the of sexism? It's only if one specific word. I mean, of course, you can't sit there. And, and it wasn't just a thief. It was constantly berating this guy for, you know, multiple minutes. And every time he sat down, you'll never be on a court that I'm on again in my life. Like, what, what do you, you can't, that is not your decision, Serena. That is not your decision at all. And, you know, it's just hilarious that every single thing, I mean, Glenn, we talk about this all the time, every single issue can be boiled down to racism or sexism to the left. To progressives, they will find it anywhere, whether you're saying, I want to lower taxes on businesses, that's because you want rich people, rich people are more likely white, that that's racism. You know, women own businesses at lower rates, that's why you want that, it's sexism. Every single issue, do you ever get bored with the same piece of analysis? Do you ever get bored blaming every problem on the same two things? You, you pointed this out in some of your tweets earlier today. People love that super uh, easy explanation. This sort of like world, all-encompassing uh, equation that solves all their problems. Everything that is wrong with my life is would be cured if everyone else wasn't such a racist. And I can sit here and blame everyone else for being a racist or a sexist for my entire life and give myself a, je- a get-out-of-jail-free card for every little issue that goes on in my life because it's always somebody else's fault. It's always them being racist. It's always them being sexist. It's always them being some horrible thing that I can blame on them without evidence. That's why it works. And that's why it works. Because it's really it's easy to live your life that way. And if you think it's bad now, wait until the generation that had mommies and daddies at school bringing their attorneys over the grades and everything else. Wait until those kids get out of college because they're starting this year. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Pat Gray, I'm a little concerned about. He comes in this morning and he doesn't look peaked, which means um, somehow or another he hasn't been outraged uh, throughout the weekend and lost sleep. And I don't like that. Mm-hmm. That's not the way we run our society now. No, I actually woke up feeling fine this morning. And then, Did you really? Yeah, about halfway here, I started thinking, God, I could really use some outrage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started to really crave it. Did you look and for like a Donald Trump tweet or something? Nah, I didn't want your average run-of-the-mill mainstream outrage okay i, I wanted wanna... something to actually sink my teeth into right okay okay something uh, that you that you care about but not really if it was in a different setting what it depends on what different setting you're talking about okay um normal you know normal life you would have perspective mm-hmm. where you could go this is really bad we should yeah. talk about this right yeah. But instead, I'm totally incensed about it. Right, okay. Um, a panel advising the State Board of Education here in Texas. You remember, this will be one of the uh, one of the reasons we decided to move to Texas in the first place. Yes. Uh, State Board of Education, they're back again on this kick about the Alamo. Um, they don't want seventh graders learning in their social studies courses about the heroes who defended the Alamo. They want to remove the word heroic okay and hold hero on okay hold from on the defending okay hold on just a second hold on <laughs> hold on just a second mm-hmm. this is one of the main reasons why we moved down here mm-hmm. uh is because if you lose texas you lose the entire country okay um now for anybody who doesn't know the story of the Al- alamo here's a group of white oppressors who <clears throat> come in who come in uh to san antonio and there is a fight against the Mexican government, which is actually Spanish at the time. 
and he is the the guy who's what's his name general uh santa ana santa ana mm-hmm. really oppressive i mean a bad guy you do not want to live under santa ana okay so here's all these Mexican families who are trying to escape from Santa Ana and hold the territory. And these white guys come and they're like, you know, you're in a righteous fight. We'll stand with you. They all die except for one. They all die fighting Santa Ana. How's that not heroic? They died for a cause that wasn't there. They died for a cause trying to help people who just wanted to be free. Oh, because they're all white CEOs uh, that are using their paternalism to no, keep the land. No, but they, they, they weren't CEOs. <laughs> and they're white In privilege. fact, one of the guys who died mm-hmm. was in Congress. He left Congress to go to fight at the Alamo because he felt America had become dishonorable because Jackson was violating all of the Indian treaties and starting to slaughter them. And he tried to wake people up Mm. by leaving a great hero, giving a speech and saying, you can all go to hell. I'm going to Texas because this is wrong. What you're doing to the Indians. How's that guy not a hero again? Uh, He's He's white, white. had a coonskin cap. I mean, need I say more Mean by that? I'm just saying he uh, he was he was a white guy. He was a typical white guy and he wore animals on his head. That's not cool. That's not cool. Ask PETA about that. But the uh, group, uh, the panel said the word heroic. Uh, say it with me now, because we all know it was a value-charged word. word. Yes. yes. Hero is a value-charged word. Yeah. yeah. And so you don't want to use it when you're well, you don't want to have seventh values. graders about the Alamo. <clears throat> no, no, you don't want to teach seventh graders about no. values. Well, you don't want to you want to, you don't want them thinking white people had values. No, <laughs> the no, last thing no. in the world. Now, you I want. can use the word hero for like Cesar Chavez, right? <laughs> oh, of course. And he only yes. beat immigrants uh, on the border. Homosexuals Let's and, and homosexuals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Ch- and Che, he's a hero, too. Yes. Because he only shot poets and homosexuals and homosexuals. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we mm-hmm. uh, those are heroes. But Davy Crockett and those who stood for others and lost their own life defending against a tyrant. Those are not heroes. Those are not heroes. No. It's, it's important to uh, identify the information that comes into you that does not <clears throat> agree with your previously determined worldview and, and ignore mm-hmm. it. That's mm-hmm. one of the most important right. things you right. can do uh, as a human being. Because if not, you'll be very upset. You'll be, you might get outraged. You may change your opinion on something. You may not uh, you you may not parrot every bumper sticker you walk by. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really negative consequences to well, do that. Mm. How many Mexicans did those 179 men kill? Something like 1,500, uh, according to some accounts. Mm. They killed like 1,500 Mexicans. Mm. Mm. So uh, they were just mm. it's genocide essentially. Mm. It's almost mm. genocide. Mm-hmm. Yes, they were soldiers, and yes, they were trying to kill them. But that doesn't change the fact that they well, killed a lot of Mexicans. A lot of Mexicans. Well, uh, well <laughs> S- Spaniards under, under, now, under these Spanish. these are actual Mexicans. Yeah, well, they were under now. Spanish rule. Yeah. Not anymore. Well, they were. Yeah, they were. Then, yeah. Not then. Not in 1836. What, would Santa Ana was not... Uh, no, that was, no, it was a Mexican government by then. Mexicans. Mm-hmm. See? Mm-hmm. I think it was 1821 when, when Mexico uh, overthrew Spain. But it was 300 years of, Mex- of Spanish rule before right. that. Right. So they kind of stole the country from Spain, it seems to me. Wow. <laughs> wow. I love that. Should we give, <clears throat> should we give Spain 
Mexico mm. back? I think, should we? I think so. We should consider it, yes. Or if we yes. could go find the Aztecs. Let me tell you something. The Spaniards didn't cross the border. The border crossed them. That's true. Right. <laughs> so, That's true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that is really rude. Time to get uh, things back into perspective. I mean, Belize so, used to be called British Honduras. Wow! And then they just they just took it right out and just renamed the country. Wow! Poor the poor British. Poor British. <laughs> I think we should all go back. Everything would just be like British. We should go back. You know, every, you know how big of a of a, a chunk of land the Ottoman Empire had. We need to get that. The Byzantine Empire. We need to get back. back. Come on. Mm-hmm. The Byzantine Empire didn't cross the border. The, the border, border crossed, crossed the Byzantine Empire. Yes. <laughs> Amen, brother. Yes. <laughs> all right. So I've got something. I was I was outraged on two two levels. Mm. Uh, now oh, this no. this came from uh, my daughter. Uh, who is, um, you know, she makes her own deodorant. So she's. <clears throat> she, does she really? Yes, she does. She believes in sustainable. Is that because of the uh, sustainable? Oh, yeah. Sustainable what? I don't <laughs> know. Sustainable. <but laughs> she actually, I really respect her for this. Mm-hmm. She actually, she's like, I don't think it's going to make a difference, but it's how I choose to live. And I'm like, good for you. Mm. That's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. you're not. You know, she's not forcing anybody. You know, I mm-hmm. use deodorant and I'm proud of it mm-hmm. that it comes mm-hmm. from a can. We're mm-hmm. proud of you for using it. Thank you mm-hmm. very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, she she does her part and she Good. leaves everybody else alone, which I think is great. Um, she, she, she brought this story to dinner last night. Uh, she said, Dad, have you seen uh, that the uh, U.N. Conference on Sustainable Development happened in Rio? Happened in Brazil last week. And I said, oh, no, I, <clears throat> I, I missed that story, mm. sweetheart. And she said, well, uh, they, they hired artists to do a, a really cool thing. They made a giant fish out of plastic and plastic bottles and everything else to highlight what's killing our fish. Okay? So it's uh, this giant okay. sculpture. Mm-hmm. And it's it's quite amazing, right? Yeah, I mean, it's mm-hmm. you know, there's a person walking by it, and it's what f- three, four times the size yeah. of the person. Likely. And the scales are are plastic bottles. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's all plastic mm-hmm. that had come from the beach. And I thought, okay, that the okay, that's 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 cool. And she said, well, <clears throat> the problem is, is there's a lot of people that are involved in the UN and things like that that don't actually believe any of the crap that they're preaching. And I said. Amen, sister, preach on. And she said, let me show you another picture. This is after the UN left. Nobody took the sculpture down. And so the waves came in (laughs) and took all of the plastic out into the sea. And reclaimed it for the sea. And reclaimed it for all of the fish. (laughs) That is priceless. Isn't that great? I mean, that is just that they don't actually care. No, they don't. Every time there's a big global warming march, it's wherever they have the march, it's always trashed. Uh I mean, remember the difference between that and, you know, restoring honor in Washington, D.C., where there's like barely a piece of paper on the ground anywhere and it was the cleanest that place has ever been in, in the entire yeah. existence uh, well maybe before people were there i don't know i don't know it was really clean <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah i mean every time you have a big global warming conference it's just trashed these mm-hmm. environmentalists was, trash the environment when they have the opportunity i think it was hannah that was telling me too that she had a friend that was taking some pictures she went to a some sort of a you know sustainable march and and you could have these, you know, they, they made, what a surprise, they made these signs you could carry. Just grab one. 
She said one of one of the pictures shows that uh, one of the signs was um, in um, capitalism is the enemy of environmentalism. Communism is the solution. Ugh. she was like, oh, wow. So wow. we're just all clear now that communism is where mm. we're going. That's just all. Everybody's good with that. It does seem to be and nobody's the better thing. for the environment than than the communist Chinese. Oh yeah, nobody's so, better oh, and for Russia. the environment. And, and Russia, Russia, you know, when Russia was so environmentally oh friendly, gosh, they were. Al Gore mm. told us that when he was uh, when he was doing his. Oh, they're on the, on the cutting edge of <laughs> environmentalism. Yeah, that's where they are. That is in the uh, in inconvenient in, yep. truth. Mm-hmm. And when you go through, they you know, of course, obviously, they're the number one emitter of car- uh, carbon dioxide. They buy our recycling and dump it in the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> they buy our recycling. They're the number one uh, polluter in oceans, mm-hmm. like and, largely because of that. They they buy the pollution. We pay for them to take it, so we can act like we're doing something responsible. Then they take it and dump it in the ocean over there instead of over here. And they're still opening the equivalent of a coal fire power plant every week, aren't they? Aren't they were for a long time. For a I don't long know if they still, still are. are. They yeah. still are. They're, that's still I think they're ch- still on that line. Well, you know, yeah. they built and the India biggest. Well, they built the biggest hydroelectric <laughs> dam uh, on the face of the earth. So much so that when the water all all went behind in the reservoir, it actually changed the rotation of the earth <laughs> and slowed it down yeah, by a second. A wobble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is does seem to be a movement on the left now to just embrace this socialism communism thing. Mm-hmm. You mentioned this a long time ago. People they're eventually just going to take their mask out and admit it. Mm-hmm. They're socialists. They're going for communism. Mm-hmm. This is a good example. Because it of doesn't it. work now. Um, you know, capitalism yeah. doesn't work. No, no. It's a, um, we've seen this with the Democratic Socialists lately. They've mm-hmm. been talking a lot about this. Uh, Jim Carrey was on uh, the Bill Maher program, mm-hmm. uh, and we have an audio clip from that. They, again, they're just going ahead and admitting it now. Listen. These are all women who won in primaries, weren't supposed to. And they did it with unabashed liberal proposals. Medicare for all, ending student debt, a different approach to the war on terror, ending mass incarceration. It seems like if there is a maybe a shining spot in this Trump tragedy, it's that it's made the Democrats sort of rediscover who they are. Mm-hmm. And the voters... Yeah. Woo! Yeah! Wow. Is that what's going on? And so uh, you know the, the the Republicans are running with the word socialism. They're trying to say they're trying to scare people. They're scare to people. It's communism. It's Venezuela. Trump says You're, yeah. we're going to be living in Venezuela. Mm. I grew up in Canada. Okay, we have right. socialized medicine. Okay, stop for a second. And I uh, stop for a second. I just I because we are up against the clock. There is a difference between um, how much welfare we give and socialism. There's a big difference. Mm-hmm. One's get, on the road to the other one. One is on the road, mm-hmm. but one is socialism. And what they have over in uh, in uh, Scandinavia and the Netherlands, that's 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 not what's being proposed here. So you can't just say, well, Canada. No, no, no. We're not talking about what they have in Canada. We are talking about the removal and the destruction of capitalism in their own words. So please stop with this, this, uh, you know, this game that you're playing where you say, well, it's just like, you know, I got it in Canada. No, no. You also have capitalism in Canada. Thanks, Pat. Well, as uh, summer fades to fall, recent 
market shifts could give homebuyers a leg up in the latter part of the year in July. National inventory of homes listed above 350,000 rose to 5.7, according to new data from uh, Realtor.com. The slight changes uh, in the system, uh, along with less buyer competition and sellers eager to get the uh, get to the closing before the holidays, could give serious buyers more leverage. Now is the time to pick up the phone and call American Financing. They have access to every loan in the industry, and they can even help you with finding a down payment. So, uh, American Financing, go there. They will help you um, because they are not stooges of the banks. They are not getting paid commissions on selling you some sort of instrument from some bank. They, don't, they work for a salary, not a commission. They work for you. That's why they have an A-plus rating with a Better Business Bureau and over 1,800 Google reviews. That's not easy to do if you're in the mortgage business in today's world. They make it easy. They make it right. American Financing. Go there now. Visit them at AmericanFinancing.net or call 800-906-2440. You need to buy your new home? American Financing. We need to refi? 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation. NMLS 182334. There's a new study out shows one in four college students are diagnosed with a mental health condition. Now, I want to get into that tomorrow. 25% have been diagnosed with mental health issues? <laughs> Seems a tad high. Seems a tad high. Or a tad low, depending on how closely you watch colleges. Depends on which college it is. <laughs> All right. Uh, 25%. If 25% has a mental health problem, maybe that's just how humans are. I mean, the, the, whatever you think is a problem is just a normal human trait. Well, um, it goes into what is happening to them. And I would just like to, I just like to point out that um, there's other reasons uh, for making sure that everybody has a mental health issue as well. Uh, and I want to talk to you a little bit about the mental health issue thing on uh, on tomorrow's on tomorrow's program. Also, I want to show you what I think may be the biggest love letter to communism. And unfortunately, it's very influential, but it is out and out stated by name communism. And we'll get into that tomorrow. Glenn Beck Mercury. 